Hello, welcome to How to Scale a Business podcast. I'm Bridget Devin, your host, and today I'm excited to welcome Russell Fink with 124 Media Studio. Studio. Russell is Chief Marketing Officer, um, and they're a boutique agency. Uh, they work with different firms and individuals to facilitate the majority of entertainment-based promotions. So this is marketing, promotions, sales, digital marketing, branding, and all the like. Russell, thank you so much for coming on here to chat about your business. Very thank excited you. to have you. I'm very excited to be here. It's always good to share my story and help, you know, give advice or uh, those questions and answer how it's all done, you know. Uh, absolutely. That's what we're totally here for. Um, so can you share with us a little bit about yourself and how 124 Media Studio got started? Oh, yeah. You know, I've been a what they say, a seasoned experienced marketer within the entertainment business for 20 plus years. Um, starting off uh, within the business as a temp, you know, working for Warner Media at the time, and then working my way through up Atlantic Records and uh, their, their subsidiary East West Records, um, working on some, you know, major campaigns and learning the ropes of the entertainment business. And then transferring, you know, I had a boss of mine retire and uh, it was an opportunity to move positions. And I went to the publishing side, but still stayed in entertainment. And I worked for um, a magazine that specialized, uh, in, I like to say, horticulture and politics. Or, better, you know, better, the horticulture was about can cannabis itself. Um, the magazine was High Times. So during the time was the beginnings of the cannabis movement, and especially in California, very actively involved, uh, very uh, pro-artist, uh, actively involved, worked with a lot of artists uh, that shared their stories and uh, also their trials and tribulations of the system and also the, the positive uses of cannabis. Mm -hmm. Um, and there, I also trademarked uh, the term 420 for the magazine itself. Oh, wow. Uh, yes. So uh, that was very interesting. And there, I met the Marley family, uh, Bob Marley's children, and Tough Gong Records. I worked for them for three years and traveled the world and uh, was able to see different cultures, involvement, and, um, and being on the forefront of this new thing called digital music, you know, and started playing around with websites and digital campaigns. And uh, at the time, what we called message boards, but I was calling it community, you know, and understanding community and how to empower communities to work for you. Um, and uh, in back in, you know, the turn of the century, uh, you know, the millennium, um, was um, I got a job at Sony Music Entertainment um, as the as a new they called it a new creative position called the new media department and there um, was mostly more complementing what was happening in the physical retail um, digital distribution was just the, the illegal uh, part of it in the sense of Napster and LimeWire and any peer-to-peer trading, in which I, you know, you discover doing research that you know more people who use Napster spent money, more real money 
on music in the music community than any wow. other person. Wow. So, yeah. So for me, it was like, I want to go where the eyeballs are. So I made a deal with Napster at the time. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> more on my independent music that I was putting through Sony than the corporate side of things, but it worked. Uh, you know, I, I was able to put up uh, the Baja men who let the dogs out at the same time. Um, the stadium promotions of the World Series and the New York Mets and the Yankees it was all happening at once. And so people had access to it. And the next thing you know, we had a, a platinum record, you know, within the Baja men. Um, and there, I, you know, I, I, again, I was the first one ever. I was, again, just understand data, communities. Um, was being involved in the emo scene, you know, with bands like Taking Back Sunday, Thursday, Coheed and Cambria, Save the Day, Fallout Boy. As they were coming through the ranks through this scene and community, I, you know, I understood was very tapped into it and helped promote them into this next level of stardom. But I learned a lot through the ways of data and community. I, I discovered data and was utilizing data, data to our advantage, creating stories from the sales highlights that were happening down to the what they call DMA level, the dem demographic measured area. Mm -hmm. you know? um, and that was armed our salespeople with this data and the stories behind it that they were able to put more product in the stores. And the same thing goes with listening to music online was the experience was so poor at the time that, you know, the retail, you know, uh, sites were only giving 30 second clips. Mm. And that to me was uh, not fair to the consumer where a song has different emotional highlights, levels, lows, highs, and 30 seconds is chipping them. I always mm. like to say that, it's like run, it's like going for a test drive of a new car. And the dealer tells you you're only allowed to go from one end of the lot to the next. And that's it. And they <laughs> the yeah. So I, I teamed up with the technology company that backed all the retail sites, the Amazons, the Best Buys, the Tower at the time, Barnes and Noble. Um, it was a company called Muse that did the music clips for them. I made a deal that we were allowed to put a full album online. It was big at news at the time, and I found the artist that was willing to do it. Ended up being beyond successful. That people were able to hear this great record by Amy Mann. She just came off her Oscar nomination of Magnolia or Vanilla Sky. I forget which one it was. And um, and she was able to stream this fantastic body of work called Lost in Space. And the next thing you know, it was number one on the chart. So. Yeah. We were able to, uh, you know, and, and the next thing I know, every every artist and manager was coming to me. I want an Amy Mann plan. I want an Amy Mann plan. Mm -hmm. At the same time, my senior executives uh, tasked me to build the digital distribution system. Worked with Sony Corporate, built a pipeline into their main infrastructure where we built a front end of delivery of the different files and metadata a back end of daily reporting of sales mm -hmm. and then a financial reporting where they were able to see the monies that were in revenues created from these sales. Um, built, built this within a year, um, executed it, 
close the deals with the indie labels one at a time, started selling, you know, tracks and albums digitally, built that whole system where um, Jason Aldean sold his first million singles in his first gold record um, to his platinum, multi-platinum successes of today. I can go on and on of all these different artists that started off in my little digital world and has grown into it. Um, and in 2007, I was recruited by Island Def Jam, mm-hmm. a newly created position where, again, they didn't know what to do with the digital content. And, you know, I came in and listened to the most important people within the company, but I was dealing on a different level of music. I was dealing, my first single working there was uh, Umbrella by Rihanna. Oh my gosh. And and then after that, and all the all the hurts, you know, hits all the way to diamonds. So it's like the Super Bowl was like a retrospective of my career at Island Def Jam of all the music that I worked yeah. you know, for her. And same thing goes with uh, you know with Bon Jovi, the Killers, uh, Jay Z. I, I hate to bring up his name, Kanye, uh, Frank Ocean, Young Jeezy, Rick Ross. Um, all the, 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 the quintessential people of today's hip hop, you know, and every hit single out there, you know, today that you still hear, I was a part of the, the rise of Justin Bieber from busking in the streets to Toronto to the stardom that he has today. Same thing with Ariana Grande from taking it from, um, iCarly, I think it was iCarly, no, Victoria, sorry. Victorious to the pop superstardom, wow. you know, and then during that time, then they put Republic Records underneath my uh, my domain. So I was overseeing the largest market share of global content uh, for you know for these three labels, and but I was also competing against myself, mm. and then all the bosses didn't like each other or speak to each other, mm. so. I Again, then caught in the middle that someone didn't like my work because someone needed to become number two. Everyone wanted to be number one. Mm. But if I was working both records, there was I would have to have a number two there too. And I can't say, well, I was working this record for this. And, and it, was, it became uh, disheartening because I couldn't win. I'm a winner. I, I like to succeed. And I like to have outcomes or also understand why it didn't work too and be educated by that, you mm. know? But the only thing I did wrong was competing against myself. Mm. It's, you know, it's very tough to, you know, to, to justify that you could say, you know, after a while. So uh, I, I found an opportunity to, um, to take a golden parachute which was a blessing in disguise that I was able to break away and create one, two, four media. I couldn't, it took me a year and a half that I couldn't compete or do anything within the entertainment space because of a non-compete, but gave me the time to build up my network, understand things. And I was able to become a thought leader. One of my things in one twenty four media is I'm a thought leader within the digital music space because I was on the front lines of this revolution that happened. Yeah. That things are happening today because of what I've accomplished. Yeah. And also these different campaigns and promotion that I, I created. 
That's and fantastic. Executed by my team. I can't take all the credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my, me and my team and, yeah. you know, and all that stuff. You know, I I really love hearing your story because kind of what you said in the beginning, you were going where the eyeballs are, right? And, you, you know, a lot of people, um, there's a lot of things to say about streaming that, you know, that people, a lot of people share. They're like, oh, you know, it, it can make it hard for certain artists, but it's also opened up so many humongous doors for artists. And I love hearing your story about leaning into that, you know, and, and you being like you growing that. And so I'd be so curious to hear what your thoughts are on today's world in distribution and streaming and, and music and, and the such. Uh, I, I probably have a, you know, the opposite opinion of it, you know, because the walls of distribution has gone away, you know, yeah. before with physical and in the beginnings of digital, you always needed some type of qualifying factor, a distribution deal that, you know, a one stop that believed in you even that would take on your record to get into the marketplace. Now, anyone, me and you can record the song right now. Yeah. And put it up and be live within a week. You know, yeah. in all service. that's happening all the time. So there's so much, you know, I, you probably do have a beautiful voice, but I don't. So I know the song would not be up standard of a Rihanna or a superstar or even an upcoming superstar. So, but you're still lost in the same ecosystem as the superstars. So it's so much more difficult to find and break through even how higher quality of product you're putting out and all the marketing and money spent behind it, it's still lost or it has the possibility of being lost. Mm. And then on top of it, you're competing against algorithms. Mm. And my yeah. algorithm is so much different than your algorithm and so much different than your neighbors and then your friends and all that. So there's, there's so little in common in algorithms to get things to become popular yeah absolutely but i also see that like niches you know uh, kind of scale well too because of these algorithms like there's people who have like very particular interest in music and then they can you know lean into that space more um but are so so what are it's your like, it's more the gatekeepers to mm -hmm. tell you what to listen to and those oh. have gone away too at the same time yeah so you used to have radio tell you and dictate to you yeah you used to have sh tv shows that that will inform you and tell you highlight you you used to have mtv yeah you had a million eyeballs a day on on TRL. Yeah. All of it's gone. Yeah. So the the focus of of what to do, what to listen to, why to listen to, mm -hmm. even an artist outlet to speak about what they're writing about and what mm -hmm. they're about are far and few between. So there's little focus of your attention. And it's mm. all about a lot of different entertainment properties, getting your attention that there are this quality out there that mm. that you if you like this artist, you will love this artist. You know, the, the platforms do a great job, but it's very flat and it's not invoking these emotions that you would see with behind the visual 
doing the same exact thing. Yeah. Um, with one two, uh, or do you say one twenty four? Yeah, one twenty four. For with one twenty four, what is your vision? Like, what is it you are wanting to, you know, um, bring about through one twenty four? Uh, you know, a few different. You know, the, I want people to enjoy in pop culture. You know, I want people to enjoy. You know, this emotional connection, not only with the artists and their words and being inspired by it, but their community themselves, that they all have a purpose and a mission to whatever it is, you know, um, to help them meet each other out there. And, you know, and, and it's just really my old, the 124 was always the start being that gatekeeper of showing off great performances mm -hmm. that this person or the, these artists or this this hip-hop artist or this r&b singer or this this rock band whatever the niche is that they have an outlet to grow to be able to cross over to the mainstream niches are great but yeah. if you can't if you can't go beyond that fringe you're gonna stay in your niche yeah Absolutely. For me, my thing is, and what I enjoy seeing, and I think a lot of people enjoy, even though they just want to be emotionally invoked. They want to walk away going, wow. And satisfied that they just witnessed something. Yeah. And there's not enough of that. You know, there's, and there's you know, TikTok, great. You know, mm -hmm. everyone's scrolling. And again, you're, again, it's very difficult, you know, to get attention. Yeah, what everyone else is doing. But if you're focused and you're and you bring the focus to people, and then you chop it up onto TikTok, yeah, because then it gets reinforced. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it kind of reminds me of how um, hearing how people are spending money for experiences. They want to mm -hmm. really like feel and experience something, and that's kind of some something that I'm thinking about with what you're saying is, you know, artists who are creating like an experience where people are left in, you know, mesmerized or, 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 you know, they think about it for a few days, what, what they heard or read or saw. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, um, and it, it, it's, it's those outlets out there that are, you know, that are needed that you can, you know, again, you can, you can feel this, you know, and, you know, like or even traveling for music, you know, that's mm -hmm. why, you know, Coachella became Coachella or Lollapalooza became Lollapalooza because if people are willing to have that experience or people, you know, or fearing out and missing that experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, then having that material thing of a new Gucci bag, you know, and, but they'll always have the memories of going to, you know, you know, the deserts of California with their friends and experiencing three days of, of unbelievable music and stuff like that. No, it makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. you, yeah. know, I, you know, for me, as as a uh, younger person, I, I, I followed the Grateful Dead. Mm -hmm. You know, I had all these great experiences with my friends in different cities at different times and different venues. And, and by via music and feeling music and being yeah. able and some of the greatest marketing plans and uh, you know uh, have come out of that or for myself I'm a runner 
and even mm -hmm. having the thinking time and that experience of of thinking about how to move things forward of it's just it's the those are the moments of experience where you know that you will always remember you know absolutely and, and you just you know again it's better than going back oh i just spent a thousand dollars on a bag that i don't know i'll use maybe three times in a year yeah yeah absolutely um well um you know as we're nearing the end can can you share a little bit more i'd, I'd love to hear more about um you know 124 and your vision and you know where you are today and where you want to be in a year and beyond well, you know, I, I think 124, I'd say, has had a good run. And, you know, I'm really partnering up. I've started some other companies. Um, uh, music management uh, is needed out there. And my vision is I have some really successful artists that are coming on board or already I work with and taking their careers to another level. And then also forming great content. Mm. So that people can witness these, these artists and feel these artists. You know, music itself is an emotional product that is treated like, just like if it was toothpaste, which yeah. I think is crazy. But if you treat it like an emotional product in the sense of how to invoke that, that people want to listen to it over and over and over again, that's what I want to fill. Yeah. So I, I want to create an information it's, it's not even a Friday night TV show. I mean, late night. I mean, 1.30 in the morning of performance, music performances. Yeah. And and then once you have that, once you broadcast that, then it gets chopped up into, into digital content. And, and it could be spread around the world. And But it highlights unbelievable performances by artists that you want to know more about. Mm -hmm. And it really, you know, uh, gives a kickstart to the ecosystem of of a band or artist or or uh, you know um, you know or any entertainment property is that you're highlighting something you're witnessing it you want more of it you go to more of it they mm -hmm. go to more shows and all this you listen to more of their music and, and become a fan mm -hmm. fandom you know is really done well like the BTS is the world the Justins came up that way but. It, some a lot of the music um, and music fans are underplayed to in a lot more genres and niches that should be more catered to. Yeah, and I want I want to serve that you know that I want to serve the, that under underserved followings that just giving them great content so they can not only relate to their artists but find new artists that could, on the same vein. I love that. That's a uh, that's very very beautiful. I think, and I, I also really like how you look at music as an emotional product because it really is. The music that sticks with you is something that made you feel something. And I think one of the cool things we do see in social media is when people take a song and they put it to a video, and it's just you know sometimes it's just somebody does it, you know, by happenstance, you know, and 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 it just creates a strong emotional uh feeling and then that song is stuck with you you know yes yeah um well russell thank you so much for uh mm -hmm. sharing with me about um your career i'm just i'm just amazed at um at, at 
the experiences that you've had and 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 what your vision is for the future. Um, before we go, I'd love for you to share how people can stay connected with you and anything else um, you would like us to know about 124. Um, well, stay connected. I'm on LinkedIn, you know. Yeah. Uh, come Saw that. You know, or social media, you know, Russell Fink or Russell, I don't even have Russell Fink. Um, you know, they can connect me with there or RF at 124 Media, you know, and reach out and connect, you know, and then, you know, look out for my artist, Ann Beal, who is also a fisherman and a phenomenal woman named Flurry. Flurry, awesome. Okay, wait, I actually want to write this down. Flurry and Aunt Beale. Yeah, Flurry awesome. just had the song and um, she has the most incredible story. Um, her song uh, is a cover of Chasing Cars, Snow Patrol, that was huh? just on Grey's Anatomy. Oh, wow. And, yeah, she, she has... Over 60 billion streams already. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Definitely checking that out. Well, Russell, thank you so much. And for those listening, definitely check out his LinkedIn and follow along on his journey because um, exciting things are ahead. And and um, yeah, it was just so fantastic having you. Thank you. I appreciate it, Bridget.